2: plushcare.com weight loss The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power For exclusive content from their GA Ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com
0: And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go, I said I would stay going so
1: I opened up We're only the small little fish out there so we are and we're trying hard to make it through but it's hard to get the brakes when you the smaller fish. Because I love this county so
2: much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Warford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs>
1: Welcome along to the Hurling Show. It's myself here in studio and Damien is on the line. We have a bit of a mixed bag of a show today. We've Neil Pedden, the Antrim Manager, coming up in part two. And then we have Cheddar coming up on the line in part three. So we've no studio um, pundit in here today. So we're going to do a mix and match of a show. So it's myself and Damien for the start show. Start off here, Damien. So I was reading today that the structure of the 2020 Hurling League, so next year... Obviously it's going to be decided at the end of Sunday's play. So based off, if people are wondering what these two divisions are going to look like, I just did up the two divisions based on what they would be with how the teams stand now. So Limerick are top of Division 1A. They'll go into Group A and they'll be joined by the fourth place team in Division 1A. The winners of Sunday's relegation playoff of 1A and the second and third place teams in 1B as well as the promoted side for 2A now that might all be a bit difficult to follow so that would basically be Limerick the fourth place team in 1A would be Cork the winner of the relegation I'm just putting Tipperary to beat Clare just for argument's sake. there that would be Tipperary or Clare then Dublin Waterford who are second and third in Division 1B and then poor Westmead who come up so that Division Division A next year will be Limerick, Cork, Tipperary, Dublin, Waterford Westmead based on, on those standings and then B is going to comprise of the second and third place in Division 1A relegation playoff losers and the first, fourth and fifth team in 1B so as they stand now that would be Wexford, Kilkenny Galway, Clare or Tipperary depending on who would lose the relegation and then Leish and Carlow so realistically all this kind of uh swapping around and everything, Damien, it's not gonna change things massively. You've basically you're moving one of the weaker counties really over and that's that's kind of all you're doing.
2: That's all. Just I would agree with you there. You're just mixing and the matching there so yeah are taking the top team with the lower tier team on the other side and uh I just don't and just a question now, just for someone that uh, hadn't read into it, um, does that mean like you have you have um 1A and 1B does that mean for example that they'll go straight to semi-finals 1A versus 1B or how does that work I'm
1: I'm glad you asked that Damien because I was going to cover that now so next year group 1 group A and B 1 and 2 the top the top two teams they go through to semi-finals and then the next two go into semi-finals in cross-group quarter-finals and the bottom team in both groups Go into uh, the re- playoff for relegation, so that part of it is much better. You know what I mean? You've got um, you've yeah. got uh, less games. So you're pretty much uh, the top three teams in both groups go through instead of the top four. Really, Damien, which I think it's too many. You've you four out of six going into quarterfinals, which doesn't really. Yeah,
2: well, the, sit- the system that was there was say the last couple of years where. For example, as we said, the top three were going straight through, or or the top four, and then we'll say the the fifth team on the top division. Like it happened last year, where Offaly went through, if you can remember, you know, uh, where they were. You know, so I would agree with you there. On that grounds it which is the top two teams go straight to semi-finals and we say team two and team three on both uh, division A and B go through to semi-finals it'll just make it way more competitive and a lot better games as well just for the league or format so um, yeah, I suppose they, just on the grounds of what you said that, that rough is the way it played out with the two teams um, they're pretty even games for both sides which they say uh, spread out the county so um um, yeah, I think it will be a better format. I anyway, know for yeah. it sounds a little bit, it sounds a little bit better. The so was, uh so. The yeah. thing the thing about I, it I'll is it.
1: the thing about it is for Westmead next year will go up into a, a division. They've no chance of getting any wins from. Whereby in Division One B now you might have three strong teams, but like there's a great little league going on between Leash, Carlo and Offaly. Like I mean, did you, do you know that if Offaly Beat Carlo, even though they have a much inferior scoring difference, they can avoid. They can go above Carlo because it goes on head to head. I was reading in the Examiner. So, like, you will lose that little mini league that goes on most years between the three weaker teams in One B.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I can see your point, and as you said there's great old competition and fierce competitors between them three teams, and uh, yeah, and there's a uh, great rivalry starting to come there. But the only thing is, Colin, if you were to ask any of them players and any of them managers. They all want to, you know, strive to try, you know, see what level they can get to themselves and try maybe play in better games and better oppositions and all that. Where, you know, for example, if they were coming up against Tipperary, they might get an opportunity to hurl in Turlus and all and all these different uh, uh, pitches around the country. So, yeah. like, I know, I know what you're saying. You're saying it's very evenly and um, it's like the championship in the soccer, would we'll say that's underneath the Premiership. You know what? That's a, a, a brilliant uh, competition, but. Uh, they're just they're probably trying to get to the next level to see and that's where the progression that they'd like to get and see where they are. Like in fairness, Carlo have stepped up to the mark, I feel and they've made uh, progress so they have in the last couple of years so but I know what you're saying but they'll they'd they'll still like to go ahead and start playing bigger teams and better teams to try and improve hurling down there
1: yeah okay exactly well we'll know exactly um, about 4 o'clock on Sunday what the lie of the land is I just said I'd make 2 up because I was curious as to how the split um, would work I want to talk to you about performance coaches here uh, Damien because the big news today is that Kieran Donaghy has joined the Galway um, hurling squad as some sort of a performance coach. Now there was news broke yesterday that Desi Farrell has joined the Dublin hurling team. So, like, I mean, this is a football takeover completely because we know Ushi McConville was in with the Leash hurlers. We know Kieran McGinley was in with the Tipperary hurlers. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused about this. In that, I can kind of see where what Desi Farrell might give the Dublin hurling panel Dublin hurlers would have no All-Irelands he has an All-Ireland he might be able to talk to them you know about what it takes about that winning mentality I can see the same thing with Ushie McConville in leash I can see him, the leash lads hanging on his every word like the Galloway hurlers Joe Canning, player of the year uh, multiple all-stars what can he learn from Kieran McGeany or, or Kieran Donaghy now this is no respect to Kieran Donaghy whatsoever who's a, a great fella
2: I I seen it on the papers today as well, um, column, and I seen it just uh, on the thing here on the screen in the garage, uh, where kind of news flashes come up. And um, sure, column is as Mihal Dunu said, it's just a new voice and it's new ideas and all that type of stuff. And um, sometimes a lot of it is just to do with a new voice and maybe just them to hear different stories about how. So like here, Donnelly, and he's after going you now with Galway. You're after saying so. I believe what will Kieran he do, he'll probably start telling me how to about different things that he did, that Kerry did over the years. How they got teams up for games, what type of training they did the week before matches. Uh, even for example, advice on lad uh, the best lads to go to regarding physios, or if you're a lad uh, that needed a little bit of personal attention, or you know one to one. But personally, myself, I think Kieran Donny's role. I think it's going to be kind of just getting advice off him but also kind of maybe having one-to-one chats with some players to just see can he get another ex- a couple of extra percent out of him but um, like Hurling-wise I don't think he would have a huge knowledge of the Hurling game obviously he probably watched it and he enjoys it and all that sort of stuff but yeah. that's the only thing. maybe a little bit of motivation uh, maybe a few talks but I'd say it be more maybe towards the management with the management getting ideas of what Kerry did for example a week or two or three weeks before and build up to a match and just getting different opinions but it is a strange one like you know it's, uh, but what happens there as well Colin? you have to remember he might be giant in the back room set up but that could be once a month you know, just because yeah. uh, coming from Kerry, like he, he might, maybe, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe he might be down once a week, but he certainly won't be there three or four times a week. Like Kieran Donahue when he was uh, going down with the talish, it um, uh, he, no, he,
1: Kieran da- or
2: Tipperary, Tipperary. Like he wasn't going down. He wasn't going down three or four nights a week. You know, so it's just I just think it's just another another vice and more ideas and maybe just one to one talks that sort of stuff
1: yeah because Dougie Howlett is in with Cork now like I was saying earlier I can understand Usheen McConville going in with the leash hurlers and try to get that winning mentality into them and this is what I did to win it. this is what it takes to win an All-Ireland and you know they would be very impressed with that because there'd be no All-Ireland winners there Dougie Howlett coming in with Cork obviously this is a professional a fella who's been full time at this played at the very highest level of professionalism in the game you know, like, I mean, I can see what he could potentially I I just think it's a very difficult job for the likes of Kieran Donaghy to come into an All Ireland winning team. He's an All Ireland winner himself and try to give them a talk. Do you know what I mean? I would see the, the Galway lads on Kieran Donaghy's level rather than, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, when I'm trying to think of these performance coaches, I'm just wondering what they actually do. So, a lot of,
2: of is just ticking boxes. Um,. Column, my opinion, love is just to say we have this guy doing this and we have this guy doing that. And uh, my own opinion is that they're they're there to motivate the players and to get a little bit, of, you know, and a few pep talks and that sort of stuff. And um, uh, sometimes I think it's completely blown out of proportion. Sometimes you can get a guy that uh, has been involved with the team Or maybe three or four or five years uh, previous to that that would give as good as pep talk as anyone. Uh you don't just have to have a name, but uh as I said, I think myself the a lobby will be due with getting advice off them one to ones and trying to motivate the players. How will Dan with the go on with the finest? there won't be as much of a bother on them. He'll go out with them there and he'll have a few drinks and the first thing he has to do is he's to gain their trust and get uh, in with their, the whole morale of the team everything, and everything and basically just be uh, with the whole management. But um, I just think a lot of it is just ticking boxes at the end of the day. If the manager and the selector is doing a good enough job and the lads are winning, um, there's no need for it. Like, do Limerick have any performance um, coach, as we call it, or had the one last year
1: not that I no, know of no. this, not, it, well, this, this, all, this all started uh, Dublin footballers have Bernard Dunn in there and you always wonder what Bernard Dunn does he's tugged out in the gear and he's walking around the Pitching Crook <coughs> Park and sure, mm. you wonder what the hell is he going to say to the lads on a one-on-one yeah. I don't know Like I mean, I, maybe yeah. I'm a bit this too like old-fashioned old for this, this stuff yeah.
2: This is like Colin used to say back in 1995 that it was Gerlock Nan and Mike Mack to destroy the whole training of Hurland or Intercounty because Clare Madonna won in All-Ireland and they were training five, six times a week and they were all bachelors and there was none of them married and they were training twice a week some days or twice a day some days and they were running uphill and running downhill. So once one, I find, once one manager does it or one setup does it and they're successful, other ones, and it's like my granny used to say, monkey see, monkey do, you know, and um, I, I just say, I, I say, so a lot of it, I think, is just ticking boxes, like, you know, yeah, like Ocean McConville is gone over the leash hurlers like let's be honest like he okay he, oh, he them was he,
1: he, he was so, oh, okay he Andrew was like what,
2: what what could he really do with them like I know to an extent he could try get their heads right and try get them to believe and all that but at the end of the day a lot of it's down to the player like where where he wants to come what yeah. and where he wants
1: to get to. Do, do you ever give a talk like I mean I've never been asked now yeah. I was involved with leash team um, Brian Cody came down to talk to us it was before the Alleran Club um, football final and we were going into that game as favourites and obviously he would go into a lot of games as favourites so he came down to give us a talk but it's a very general talk you know like I mean I was wondering coming out of it what I might have actually got out of it that I wouldn't have already known myself and I was only ever asked to talk to a team once I was actually asked at the weekend and I said no because I just hate it and uh, uh, it was the Portlaoise Miners and they were playing Stradbally. now I didn't know any of the players well at all and I found it difficult to give them a talk not knowing what way they play or you know not knowing the players that well and they just talk generally about the rivalry with Stradbally and getting to every ball first it's not these kind of speeches this is why i'm interested in it and wondering the value out of it because i don't really see the value of somebody coming in to give you a talk i'm just wondering did you did you have manny in your time with galway just coming in to talk to you no no one
2: really ever came in to talk to us with galway sometimes Pat McDonough used to often come in and just give a a, a, a small talk, so he would, you know, and. Basically, he would talk about motivation through management and all that. And in fairness, I used to always enjoy enjoy them talks. Did I ever give a, a pep talk? I, I often, when you know, I was asked often to go into a, um, we'll a set-up maybe the a, a weekend of a match if they were playing a big game and to give a bit of a pep talk. And being honest, they're not, the management aren't asking you to go in there and start telling them about a, a playing style or wanting to know. They're basically telling you to go in there and get the boys riled up and get them driven. Yeah. You know, and my opinion is, my opinion on JA is, if you've got a bunch of players that are extremely fit and extremely focused, right, and extremely motivated before they go out to play the game, they've got a great chance. That That is my, gen- whether it's club or, or county, that is my general opinion. If you're fit enough and you're focused on the job and you're well motivated, well up for the game now, right, you have, you, have, you have a great chance of winning that game and it's like the saying in any hurling match or football match it's you've got 50-50 chance and whether you're going to put your body in the line and like but that's I don't I just think it's, the boys are just going to use used as motivation but I know also for advice I don't see what no of purpose I'm not going to go over asking uh Donaghy for example uh, how do you think we score
1: more goals in the Harlem pitch ah uh, no like, no no, no. he's not yeah, in there for that and Desi Farrell's yeah, not in there that, for that but either it, but, it,
2: but, but it's one thing that Gal we need to do they need to start scoring more goals for sure
1: yeah maybe they'll just put Donaghy in on the edge of the square there well they have a Johnny Glynn already so they don't even need uh, maybe, maybe it's for a one on one with Johnny Glynn <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe but Johnny Glynn and uh, fairness he's well able to catch the ball you know but yeah.
2: I just don't know but look at as he said it's just as I said I think it'll be more of just motivation and just getting ideas
1: yeah ok so John Conlan's out for four weeks that's the bit of news coming out of Clare uh, this week so that's very disappointing for him he did his ankle um, like, I mean, for my memory of ankle injuries is that I never, I was never afraid of ankle injuries. Like, I mean, I, I made bits of my ankle before swelled up all black all the way up my calf and I played I think it was like 8 days later because the thing with ankle injuries is you can strap them up on the outside and never go back out over it again and like I mean ankle injuries are a weird one I always feared uh, muscle injuries way more than actual kind of uh, joint joint injuries I don't know what like I mean obviously John Conlon it's early in the season and I was trying to get back for a championship game so Conlon's not going to be stupid here it probably does take a month um, to properly get over an ankle injury I don't know did you have many of them
2: yeah I kind of I did I, uh, I suffer a good bit with my, my ankles even I was told before that I had sprinter's ankles so and little twinge my ankles often do swell up Joe you know, on the inside or, or even on the outside But and it's an awful injury to have and you're right it is a great job to get your ankles strapped but say if you have a little niggle and you won't it, it straps so well that it's nearly like a cast yeah. but you won't twist it. But, but for me it was always it was on the twists and the turns uh, it used to you know catch you on that little sore point but uh uh, just anyone that ever heard of the old wife's tale you know that um, for if anyone that ever has a, a very very sore ankle or a swollen ankle go to a flowing river where there's a broken point on the river with the cold water and let it flow onto your ankle. It's, it's actually a great, great job. So it is, but then you have to strengthen it and have the power in it. And I remember a physio saying to me one time, and it was a great one. He says, just try to get the strength back into the ligaments where you have the confidence. Again, when you're brushing your teeth, just use one leg off the ground and start working your ankle to the sore. And also another one with the trick says, you know the trampolines, column Yeah. Start jumping on the trampoline. If anyone ever had a trampoline that has a sore ankle and start jumping on it, which are sore ankle, and it will build up all the muscles again around your ankle. It's, it's all these are all just little tricks, but an ankle injury can take a long time. And it, and the whole thing is to get the confidence back in it, so it can. But it can be a terrible injury. But all i say to, to John Condon, at least it's now it's this time of year, which is early enough for him to get back and get back strong for the for the championship. But it can be a long disgusting
1: injury and am telling you, it's it sicker. it's a sicker and the rehab on it is terrible too you have that wobble board you know the thing where it has, you have a circular yeah. piece of timber yeah. and a half a ball under it and you have to balance yeah. on that and it, it takes a bit of kind of dedication to start using that thing That that, that, that that's alright using it once and then it's like Jesus I have to go do that again It's it's a, yeah. it is difficult and a lot of the stuff with ankle injuries I was told is because your balance isn't great and if you ever stand on one foot and close your eyes and if you fall over that—that that was a test. Yeah. I was told that your your balance is bad, and my bat If I yeah. close my eyes and stand on one leg, I'm gone out. I'm falling straight away.
2: So a lot, and a lot, and as you said, the balance. A lot of it in is to do with your core. That your core isn't strong enough as well uh, is what you used to say. That you have to tighten your core and do core exercises. But Colin, uh, for a, a, an athlete, there's nothing worse absolutely nothing worse than when you're injured and it's all, you have to do all your own little exercise and as you said you have to do all the rehab there on your own and you're doing stuff and a lot of that is mentally you know and uh, it, uh Oh, I used to hate it. I used to hate it, and I'd have a little and you'd have to do exercises. I, I was, I wasn't great at that. i had great patience, but um, so but uh, look at John Connell I'm sure he he'll come back stronger. So he will, you know. He's had a few injuries now. He's damaged yeah. his shoulder, and I, the last couple of weeks there, which I know is during the league games, he wears a strap. Uh, up along his elbow going up yeah. towards his bicep whether he damaged his elbow or something as well so he's had a few injuries and you know he's a pivotal player as well for a player especially on the edge of the box he's a good presence so um uh, clearly want to get him back um, you know they do not rush this injury they definitely won't they'll, they'll give him as much time as they want but they'll definitely want him back for championship in a big way
1: yeah they definitely want him back just uh, when I did my ankle badly that time and I played I think it was the Saturday and we were playing on the bank holiday Monday against Westmead so my ankle was in an awful state but I got it strapped up and I hadn't played championship the year before so I was desperate to desperate to play this was back in the 90s when there was no back door or anything so you just get one chance and I just didn't want to not play two years in a row so so what I did was strapped up the ankle like you said like a cast and then I strapped up my calf muscle uh, right up to my knee and I remember we were playing against Westmead and I, as you know I would like to have been uh, do a bit of mountain on the field and there was a heathen fella who played corner forward for Westmead he would have been at the same thing so he started kicking my calf because <laughs> I the uh, strapping right up my calf pretending it was a calf muscle injury so instead of uh, kicking my sore ankles so I thought that was a great little win
2: Well do you ever hear the one about Shawnee McMahon? when Jimmer did beat or Cork in the Munster Championship semi-final and they went in to play the Munster Championship I think this was actually going back in 95 he damaged his shoulder He actually broke his collarbone so the rumour was that the tip were going to really target this so what they did was they strapped his shoulder but they strapped his good shoulder twice as much so if the tip were going to give it they'd be hitting him into that shoulder
1: right they'd be hitting him on um, the good shoulder
2: they hitting them on the good shoulder. They strap
1: that uh, that shoulder twice as much. Right, that's so an old was, uh, that's an old trick. That was it. I it was it was the far calf that I strapped. So he was kicking my good my good leg on my calf rather than my ankle. Cause is that, is that, is, uh,
2: was that the cornerback uh, from Westmead? He getting an all star when you're
1: no. He's a corner forward He was at, that's John, John Keen. He was corner forward I was I was playing wing back back in the late nineties. So I was up the other end of the field.
2: Oh, did you score much?
1: I got a point that day, but I didn't play well. I, I wasn't fit to play. I shouldn't have played. It was just out of this. Yeah. The point I was making that on an ankle injury, you can play with this strapping. You know what I mean? If you're, re- I, you'd never, I'd never worried about ha- having the ability to tug out with an ankle injury. I suppose that's. The
2: yeah. And now, and now, and now, they also now also you can get a little injection, you know, a little cortisone injection that numbs the pain. And uh, but the most important thing is when you have a, a ankle injury in particular, to make absolutely warm it up to the wind. Uh, do all them little jumps you know left to right in the. We'll say, we used to do jumps uh, as we call it in the clock motion so you'd be standing in the middle and your video will tell you jump to 12 and then jump back to the middle again jump to 3 Back to the middle again, jump to nine, and you just warm up your ankle so much that you, you don't feel anything with any cortisol injection. So it can be done, it can be done, but I always found it used to just catch me on the twists and the turns, especially if you were turning to whatever side your ankle was sore.
1: Yeah, but definitely.
2: It's a, it's, a, it's a dirty injury.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Right, just quickly before I let you go, um there's some drama with the under twenty one. So Clare are holding a special meeting tonight for clubs involved in the, in the Clare under twenty one hurling championship. So they're going to vote on reducing the B championship from a fifteen aside to a thirteen a side because they're losing under seventeen players. Um there's a new Cro Croke Park ruling. So um the new Croke Park ruling is that to play under 21 this year, you have had to be 17 on January the 1st. So you had to be 17 kind of last year, right? So, like, I mean, it used to be if you were 17 at some point this year, you were underage, right? Do you get me? So yeah. Um. now it's changing. So, like, there's a five-year span on this right so I remember playing 5 years under 21 but this is the the 5 year span so so this is a tweet from John Fogarty so to play under 21 club this year you had to be 17 on January 1st if you were 21 on January 1st you can also play under 21 this year as it's a 5 year span Central council interpretation of the rule leaves a lot to be desired. Rural clubs hit hardest. So you, if you're following that through for the five years, if you're 17 on January one, then you can be 21 on January one and be underage at 22 during the year for the un- for the under 21. Are you following this? Maybe it's a little bit difficult uh, yeah. for the for yeah. the follow. So, like, I mean, some some clubs are g- really pissed off about this in that they can't field under 21 teams without without some of their. uh 16 year olds that will be 17 in the year they're playing under 21.
2: Yeah, gosh, it doesn't make sense. Gosh, the world of the GAA column, you'll never get make sense of everything. Say once, but,
1: yeah, um, it's just an extra one. I'm just wondering how Portumna would be affected with numbers like that. Oh, uh, you, you have enough.
2: No, no, we're, we're, we're just to. We be just been honest with Petum, We have we have very poor numbers over the last couple of years, you know, and uh, we're starting. Look, we're just we're we're really putting a bit of an emphasis on our juveniles again. But over the last couple of years, our numbers were extremely poor, and I suppose we we were playing lower division, uh, you know, uh, B and C competitions. So um, uh, it, it would it would make very little difference to us at the moment.
1: Right, okay Right, well listen We'll leave it there, uh, Damien And we'll come back with Neil Pedden There's the beans There still is a lot of work to be done yet just give us a small bit of time, just give us a small bit of time, let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year or a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans 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 beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans 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 beans. beans. Let's chill the beans. But still as a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's Time but I tell you, give us a year, year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time, just give us a small bit of time that's shielded beans. Right, so after performing so well in Division One B last year, Antrim looked like missing out on promotion from Division Two A. And their manager Neil Pedden joins us on the line now. And probably not the league you would have hoped for, Neil.
0: Well, no, Colin. I think we, I think uh, we, we we had a, we had a good league campaign, if you really want to put it, in uh, the context of where we are at the moment. You know, when, when we started off the season, we knew we were going missing massive contingent of our cushioned all players, yeah. and we're getting into the league. And um, we had to recruit in and bring in a number of new players, and we had twelve dividends in the league, so we were very satisfied with our performance in the league. And, but don't get me wrong; I mean, uh, Kerry and Westmeath were matches we could have won, and we ran them the two points each, and they were close matches. And then especially in the West You Mansion I thought we could've pushed on in the second half. But when you look back at our performances, we're very happy with the performances. We're very happy with the dividends that were made and the players that were now recruited in and are are dedicated to the panel. And now with the Christian contingent back and Joe Maskey back from Stenends, you know, we can only but be to think positively about the league, yet I know we didn't get promotion. I mean that, that that might just take another while.
1: I think that's the big thing. Cush and fell fellas missing, and then you that tricky one with carry away, which is a difficult one to go to, and you don't have them because people kind of forget. Uh, the last two years has been Slock Nail winning the Ulster Club, and you've had all your players throughout the whole league. Whereas this year you're you're down. You know, some obviously Neil McManus is the standout one, but other players as well.
0: Exactly, Colin. I think you're, you're hitting the realistic notes there. You know, that's what we've had for the last three years. Is is we we've have we've had our full contingent. We got promotion. You know, we did well up in the league. You know, we were yeah. we we, were, we, we were a couple of great matches, run t- bigger teams really really close. So there was a couple of pucks in the ball for us getting relegated. Uh, and when we come back down, everybody thinks you know it's an automatic. It back up. But that's not the way it works. You no, know, these teams are all working hard. Over the likes of Mayo, the likes of Westmead, the likes of Kerry, uh, uh, all these teams are working very, very hard. And, and, and it's, you've got to get your full squad out, working over the, 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 the period of time. You have them and preparing them for the league to get that promotion, to get those key results that you're looking for. And you no, know, we aren't far off. But you know, as you say. We, 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 we've got everybody back now and we're, we can be able to prepare now for the championship
1: it's a weird one With you, you talk about Westmeath and Kildare and Kerry and Leash and Antrim used to be always a good level above them now are Leash and Antrim dropping back down towards them or are they making big improvements or is no. it a, a combination of the both?
0: it's a combination of a lot of things you know it's a combination of a a number of things geographically where we are it's a combination of you hit the nail on the head an Anthem team generally wins Ulster we lose players for periods of time other counties don't have that issue whatsoever Parlow Westmead maybe aren't going to win the Ulster club if you understand what I'm saying so they're always going to have their players so all those things now, uh, uh, invitation players, in are allowed on on border issues. You know, two players allowed into into planned leagues and stuff like that. So these other counties are growing and building, putting resources in place, and they're getting better. We're we're still always building, and we're always trying to you know aspire to be in the one B. That's where we want to be. But I mean, you have to be realistic, and you've got to work hard towards that and get a team that's ready to go into that one B that we can sustain that and and stay up there and then progress in the Joe McDonagh. That's what we're looking to do. Well,
1: this is the thing. So like last year was a really interesting year I thought for Antrim so you only lost to Dublin by a point in the league you only lost to Galway by three you beat Offaly Um, you, you lost to Leash like I mean and then in the Joe McDonough Cup you started off with two great wins one of them was, was Carlo who ended up winning it and then you lost your last three games you ended up after those results in the league getting relegated so like I mean last year could have turned out to be a good year and it ended up being a bad you know what I mean a really bad year Is there, like, is like yeah, yeah. when, when things go against Antrim is confidence brittle that things start to kind of maybe fall apart or well I don't know Cole, but it's, a, it's, a, him,
0: it's a lot of things as you say you're trying to get confidence up your and You know, we, we are as good as anybody out there. We showed that last year at, at that level that we play at where it's a good competition. The Joe McDonald is a good competition. And the the teams in the Joe McDonald are at a, are a very even level and it yeah. can go anywhere and the matches go on day you know, matches can go on the day, and go on performances, it can go on, have you got the full quota, you know, and injuries, everything leads towards one match, and you know, you can go from a puck of the ball to you win, a puck of the ball to you lose, and as you rightly said, a couple of results are away last year, we had a really good year, but a couple of results went against us, and, and you know, again, I don't like saying we had a bad year, I think it's better saying you know, we were disappointed, maybe, in where we were, because we got a great start, and Joe and you are right, it did fizzle out on us, and we were disappointed the way it finished, But. You know, these are the things that you've got to deal with, and we've got to try and build that up again for this year, and maybe go out, go out, of the, you know, to try and keep that intensity and keep that uh, uh, our mindset that we go right through the, the Joe McDonald with our four matches rather than yeah. you say
1: as after I saw you talking about a problem you had last season was getting the top players to play you said some players didn't play last season for their own reasons I'm wondering now that you've like you were part of the management team last year now you're manager um, in your own right have you managed to talk these fellas around do you have everybody in that you want to have in
0: well, it's not something I I talk a lot about. If I was being honest, Colin, I, I'm a great believer. We we went round and we looked at all the top players and we wanted the men and we embedded people in, and that's what we do. And when the people who come in, that's who we want to work with. We've thrown that further and we've looked for younger players. We've looked at university players. You know, we've looked at players in other clubs and we, and these guys. We've seen how good they are. We've brought them in, and these are the guys that are committed to play front. All we can work with is what we've get, we get We get in and who really wants to be committed and wants to come in. Is there other players out there? Yeah, there probably there could be. There is other players probably who could come into the, the county panel and could do well. But again, they've made choices and people make their own choices for their own reasons. I don't really harp back on those. If they don't come in, they don't come in for me. I, I, I'm willing. Yeah, I've got a group of guys now 33 guys who are very committed and I, I, I'm hoping that we work really hard and we'll you know put in a performance in the Joe McDonough and
1: that's what we're looking for yeah we have Cheddar on the podcast here and he talks about the likes of Offaly, Leash um, even Antrim not having a provincial championship to play for and it being a disincentive um, you know to commit to the counties that they should be part of the Leinster championship like I would have a different opinion and say Jesus isn't it great that they have a Joe McDonough cup which they have a chance of winning rather than getting hammered in a provincial championship I think the Joe McDonough Cup is great I don't know what you think or how does it have a knock-on effect of maybe players not wanting to commit because they're not in a provincial championship
0: I don't think that's the case up here in Ulster I think the case is that Joe McDonough was set out last year and we've seen that as a major challenge and we've seen it with teams that are at the level where we are and if you're going to progress then you have to beat those teams to progress in to try and get a a, 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 a set a realistic target at the higher 8 or 12 teams that's what you're trying to do all the time. And you have to, you have to, you know, you, you just don't get there. You've got to work hard and commit and get there. And the Joe McDonough is a great stepping stone to that. I think they have it right, that stepping stone into the, you know, the provisional all Ireland uh, quarterfinals. So there's no greater character if you get into that and then you really see where you are then and you can, you know, set your style out from those matches if you can win the Joe McDonough. The Joe McDonough's a, a difficult one to win. There's no doubt. It we, we learned that last year. Are those teams, that Carlo and Wesley and these teams and Kerry, Hoffley are now back there. And the, you know, Leach are always there. They, they, they're the teams who want—they want to win the Joe McDonagh. So that's a stepping stone to move to the next level.
1: Yeah, and, and, and g-
0: that's what we're all trying to aspire to.
1: Yeah, and you get back into the All Ireland series then as well with the yeah, game. No, I, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I saw Sambo uh, Nocton quoted. Um, it's a quote from two years ago when he took over you obviously part of his uh, management team who took over mid-season I think it was 2016 uh, or 70 uh-huh. when you took over he said when we came in last year after the management resigned we came in and the boys weren't fit there were boys coming and going and it was like a drop-in centre we had to change the attitude and we had to change the culture so we're down to I'll give you a statistic we must have asked over 70 players and we're down to 28 so like I mean is that culture change now um, Neil and you know so that work has been done or is that challenge still there
0: so that challenge is always there and I'll say that challenge will always be there Column. you know we're always trying to get it right that people the shop window looking into the Antrim hurling team that we want players to look in and say that's where I want to be every club a player you know, playing in their club championships aspiring to play well win their championship if not win it they're looking to get on the county team and that's all we're trying to do to get that shop window they look in it's good it's structured it's professional when they come, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get fit. They're gonna be come back to their clubs as better hurlers. You're trying to work with the clubs as well, so you're you're always trying to do that. That the young people are looking through that minor under 20 and up and saying, I want to get into that senior outfit because that's a good outfit, and you know, and I want to get into that panel of 30 players. And that, that, that's what you're hoping the young people are doing. And that's what we're trying to do is is to set up a professional structure, which I think was set up. I think. The county board look after. us I think we're well structured, we've got a, 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 a we're well looked after in every aspect of the game. And I think if young people see that, then they will want to come in. And that's what we're trying to do over the next two three years. We've tried that when Sambo and I we all come in. That's what we tried to do: change attitudes and change the structure and I think it's it's work in progress but it's it's work and it's getting there
1: Yeah, is part of that attraction for the set up getting Liam Sheedy in and I know you tried to get Anthony Daly in uh, this year but he committed and then didn't commit you have actually Darren Gleeson who used to come up in the car with Liam Sheedy he's in with you now is that part of that thing trying to make it uh, like more attractive for players to come in to have a big name or who makes that appointment is that your decision or is that a county board decision?
0: well it's a joint decision it's a, it's a county board with whoever the manager comes in and then we'll see who we'd like to work with and who would be willing to come up and work with us I mean Darren did come up last year with Liam and, and they both came in and did a great job and uh, Darren has uh, wanted to then continue on that and we felt that was important that Darren could come up and continue his role as one of our coaches up here and he's, done, he's up here now doing a great job with us uh, you know, the players, he, he, he set out the stall for the players. He comes in and he's coaching with the players. And, he, you know, and to me, it, it's lifted. It, that's that wee bit of professionalism that they see we're wanting the best from everybody. We've got Carl McKeegan in coaching, Jim, uh, Close, Gary, O'Keehan, myself. We're all doing our, our work around uh, the, the whole... There's a massive role within that management structure for it all to do. And, and Darren just, you know, adds that extra bit from his whole experience with Tipperary and his All-Iron series he's been in before. So they're always looking for somebody who's going to give you new ideas and, and bring you up their thoughts. And Tipperary, one of the top teams, we so bring those good ideas up. And up in the Antrim. And, you know, we can only see... I can only see that getting, getting us better. You know, and, and, and it's all those retouches, if they could make us better then we're looking for them all the
1: time. So how often would Liam Sheedy have come up? Or how does Gleason come up more often? Or like how, you know, what's well, the... Said, no, I'm not going to start
0: comparing the two. Liam came up and did a tremendous job. And Liam's a great motivator, a great ambassador. And he came up and, and he his coaching was superb. And he wasn't maybe, and he probably said he was able to commit as often as he, as he could. But sure, Darren has a future commitment and, and is with the boys, you know, on a, on a, on a bigger scale. Scale and is there most of the training sessions with us as well, so that's that's added that. That, that, that aspect of, of being with the team and being part of the management structure that he's a major part of it now.
1: All right, okay, that's, that's uh, interesting. Because, like, I mean, you're, you're, uh, I'd say you're an optimistic man when it comes to Antrim hurling. You're talking about we have great potential, it's getting that potential out on the pitch, it's the key for us getting our main players. Yeah. Like, you, I was reading different interviews from you, and you, you, uh, a, a consistent team is you talking about the potential.
0: Yeah, well, that's it is. We have potential in Anderson and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not going to doubt that. You don't have to come and watch Andrew and play, and you see potential there. It's about getting consistency, and it's about getting those at seventy minutes of, of consistency out on the pitch. You know, we have the ability to go out and and play against anybody. I, I believe that. You know, I believe, but it's about consistency, and it's about getting our our younger players into that conditioned program, where they're, they're conditioned and we're, 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 we're an outfit which is ready and fit and able to go out and compete against the bigger teams, and, and that's what we, we need to do we have the, we have great hurling ability in that and there's no question about that, but it, it's just about that conditioning, that 3-4 years condition that young players need to be able to step into that senior ranks, and if you get a consistency of a team over 3-4 years and you know, the, generally in the 5th, 6th year, you're going to have a good team ready to do things, and, and you're going to compete against most, especially in the and that's where the, the target would be, is that compete in the Joe McDonald, you can't look beyond that until you do well in that yeah, That's, I would believe in that.
1: Sorry, uh, Neil. I was reading another quote there. Where did you did you even have management on your horizons at the start of this year? Because, like, I mean, the Slough boss Michael McShane was the only name put in, and I read a quote from you saying that you'd enjoyed the last two and a half years, and you were interested in being, you know, depending on who came in as manager, you're you're interested in being part of the management team.
0: Yeah, I've been involved in Antrim for a long time. You
1: know, and, yeah, you have when
0: I want the best for Antrim. If Antrim people think that there's somebody out there be- is- to come in and do the job and the Antrim County Board wanted to look for somebody, I, mean, I, I have no issue with that at all. But when it, when, the, you know, when it came to the shove and nobody was willing to step forward, it needed somebody to step forward and say, well, do you know what? I'll take it on and, and I'll build the team and get a team around me, which we did. And we've got a team around us now and bringing Darren Gleeson into that team. You know, and building a structure that's going to move us forward. That's that's what we've done, and we've moved on from that. Me stepping, uh, saying that as a quote was, "They allow the Board to go, and if people want to put their names forward. Look for the best person. They chose then that when I put my name forward, they chose me. I was quite happy then to step in and do the job." and that's what we're doing. We're driving on and we're working hard with the boys in the game. As I say, we're happy with the way things are progressing and we'll, we'll progress it further.
1: Yeah, okay, brilliant stuff. Fair play to you. Come here, before I let you go, the Gale Fast initiative made headlines last year and I was reading that it was supposed to commence on septem- in September 2018, where uh-huh. 20 schools across Belfast will be taking part and sco- coaches will be in the schools. Has that kicked off, uh, Neil? Is, are we going to see fruits of that in years to come or how has that started mm-hmm. off?
0: No, we are. Galefast has now kick-started. You know, I think that I think they started with 16 initial schools who signed up for Galefast, where the coaches
1: were being into the school
0: and supporting the teachers, and I think they've grown that to 30-odd schools at the moment uh, all around the county as well. It's not just in Belfast. So they are working hard at that, and they're, they're putting their own team together now, and I think they've got the coaches in place, and they've, they've had the teachers in and they're t- training the teachers up got a great connection down with St Mary's teacher training college in Belfast which I think was a great initiative uh, from the Gale Fast committee who put that in place that they've now embedded the young uh, te- aspiring teachers in St Mary's going out to the schools and helping out with the teachers and their coaches out. so out they they're gathering good people and, and getting them qualified and getting them out to the schools and that that can really look good for us that as 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 I said in a you know in the in the in the sporting part of it the more participants we get at the bottom and the greater the, the broader that base and the greater we can get at the top that's you know that that, that 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 elite athlete at the top can comes through at a
1: greater number yeah. that's what
0: we're looking to do in Antrim
1: yeah what's the reaction been like to by all the children in the schools obviously they get a coach in there one day a week like even the children from non GA backgrounds are happy to take part and you know see what it's all about
0: yeah, but that's what it's about. But, you know, Belfast is a big city and we have schools where a lot of youngsters don't get a feel of gilly games. You know, don't ever, you know we have loads of clubs. There's no question about that too. But a lot of children who don't get a feel of gilly games. You know, i am come from an educational background working in school all my life. And, you know, and I want my children in my school to have that experience of hurling and football. And that's what I made sure happened in my school. And I want other schools now to take that on board. And Gale Fast is hopefully getting in there and getting the principals and getting the teachers saying that Gaelic Games is great for our children. It's a great way of getting them active. It's a great way of tackling obesity, which is a major crisis in Ireland at the moment and over the UK so it's it's tremendous to see that we, it's our sports that are in there and hopefully youngsters will take up the hurling and the football and the camogie and the handball you know, and and and, uh, and be active I think that's the key get them active and get them into our games and that's what Gail Fast hopefully will do
1: Yeah, okay listen, fantastic stuff Neil come here, thanks very much I've taken up enough of your time best of luck into Joe no. McDonough and for the rest of the year Thanks Colin appreciate it thanks very much People do say, "What do you love about hunting?" They do you say, uh, "Is it, is it the fresh
2: air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the thrill?" No, I just love
1: killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 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 All right, Paddy Power predictions, and we have Cheddar. Um, the big guns have rolled in Cheddar here for Paddy Power predictions. <laughs> so we've uh, <laughs> telling everyone we've a mixed bag of a show today. First. First, good, first game we're going to look at is in 1A and this is Clare and Limerick Paddy Power have this as evens I can see exactly why it's um, even money it's in Cusack Park in Clare um, Clare obviously beat Limerick there last year um, Limerick going well Clare on 4 points like I mean the reality is if Clare lose this they're in a, releg- they're in a relegation
3: um, yeah but that, obviously the relegation doesn't mean anything this year the re- well, relegation, relegation as well it's a final. relegation
1: playoff yeah but yeah. Look, I mean it means no, nothing
3: alright um, but, but look it doesn't have the same um, I suppose same it has in other years no. um, look it, it's going to be some game I'd be surprised if it's not a full house um, and you know look you're right Woody you know they have been a little bit, I wouldn't say they're inconsistent they've been very, very strong at home and very, very difficult to beat at home um, but bear in mind we're getting a little bit close now to Munster Championship time and, you know, first rounds and that and, and uh, all teams, um, you know, there may not be a relegation trapdoor but all teams will want to play in a, in a league final and semifinal for a couple of reasons to gain momentum, obviously, number one and to, to, to try out, you know, your systems and all of that but the other, you know, the other reason is that look, once you go out of the league, you're probably back into county championships, and you've got to release players, and you know, there's a whole lot of other things come into, um, come into the thing, into the mix. Then yeah. once you go out of the league this early, um, so uh, look, go back to the game. It'll be a massive game. Obviously, John Connellan looks like he's going to be out for for, for a little while. Um, huge. He, he would be a huge loss if he was. Um, four weeks. Yeah, it's four weeks. So that that that's I understand that's Now look, Clare have some similar type players. Uh Hurt, Peter Duggan and definitely Gilfile Um, you know, Gilfile was, was obviously playing given Cup last weekend, um, on a losing Mary I team, but but you know certainly shows he's worked um, so they have some similar type players but there's not so many players around the country with the maturity and the experience of John Conlon um, you know to be able to make plays that make a difference in a match and he certainly will be a big big loss to them although as I said they have some air game players that they could replace him with
1: they have, geez, It is a kick up the arse for any team that doesn't make the, the quarter finals like I mean we're, at, we're on February the 28th the last day of February so it's the 2nd of March so you have a full month before the April for clubs with no real matches because who are you going to get a challenge game against when all the other teams are in quarterfinals? you're kind of snookered aren't you for nearly two months before the Munster Championship
3: no there are serious consequences to that. Um, and, you know, even take the Leinster Championship. Leinster Championship starts I think on May the 11th or May the 12th, sometime around that time anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, time time would shoot on pretty pretty quickly and you've got to give, um, you know, your month to, to club games and that as well. Um, and look, that could get get extended if you are knocked out. You know, a lot of sort of things happen that's difficult to manage if you're knocked out early. Um, and, yeah, it, and particularly if you have your team settled or you have your game plan settled. And, you know, you need time to do that and you know I, I i referenced tipperary and michael ryan last year um it was very very difficult for him to turn things around because there's, as i said before there's two or three championships ongoing in tipperary at any time and you may lose, lose a whole pile of players and then practice match and challenge match they're sort of meaningless at that time of the year because you're using them to test assist, test players in certain positions and so on and so on whereas a challenge match early in the year you're sort of you're testing them for intensity and you know players fitness for battle and all of those things so it, it has it has huge consequences Really,
1: yes yeah Jerry O'Connor was uh, quoted after the Wexford game so we know Claire threw away a big lead but ended up winning it anyways he said mentally we might have switched off but you can't give a team 1-8 like we did and be hanging on for the last 10 minutes there's something there definitely to work on because this is the third week in a row we struggled in the final quarter it's something we have to look at in training so when he's saying it's something we have to look at in training does, is he saying maybe their physical fitness isn't where it should be? Or, like, I mean, fading out of games in the last quarter might be something you might talk about as a group rather than work on. Uh, it could be the
3: other way. You, you don't know, obviously, until you're inside the camp, uh, will he look? It could be after going through a, a really heavy block of training. Um, you know, you'll do right. your training in blocks of four weeks, three or four weeks, then you'll do a down week, and then you'll you'll push on again. And if a team is serious about the Munster Championship, that's where their focus is going to be. Um, yes, they're using the league to win matches. You don't go out to lose matches, but you, you probably won't upset your your conditioning program and your hurling program for the year because of the league at the minute. Uh, particularly with you know the Munster Championship now being on the league and the importance of that now, and the importance of winning the first match is hugely important. Um, so he could very well be saying the opposite. Will that it's not a lack of fitness. We actually we actually trained like dogs. We trained every night last week, and we're just a little bit heavy. And ran out of steam a little bit towards the end, so you don't know on, on, on as matters until until you you know what's going on inside the camp.
1: Right. Okay. I'd say it's probably more the latter, more your your take on it, yeah. And like you,
3: I would I, I, I would think so. When you consider the, the the quality of people involved in conditioning and teams now, they you know and the science involved in all of it, um, I'd be I'd be amazed if any team in the in the top two divisions, um, you know, were citing lack of fitness at this time of the year, because you know if you were going into a heavy block now hoping to get it right for the start of May, well you're probably a little bit too late because you're not going to get any time then to do the hurling and to do the speed work and all of those things. So I would imagine it's something to do with that rather than rather than a lack of fitness. But it, it, it pines maybe to another little thing. Like there could be a whole lot of other things going on. It'd maybe not be fitness, it could be lack of concentration, with a little bit far ahead. Uh, did they put the the foot on the throat of Wexford they didn't could have had you know they should have had in Ennis because they've been doing it for a long number of years um, so look I, I think a lot of that though will be tested next Sunday but this will be flat to the mat a boot will be the floor from the throw into the final whistle in this game and if there was nothing at stake it would be anyway because of the rivalry between both counties um, and you know I, I think that will be a fair test of player and whether they can sustain uh, you know a high level of an intense performance right throughout the game I think next Sunday would be a better, better indicator of
1: that who do you fancy
3: look I mean Limerick are all Ireland champions and um, you know there's probably a lot of people writing them off um, a little bit early, um, and, and I, I said in a couple of a couple of the instances this year, really, that sometimes the glory of an All Ireland that that can carry performances into the following year. We've seen it a number of times. We've even seen, seen it seen in clubs and that that you win a county final and you know you you carry that performance and that energy in the dressing room to the next year. And sometimes then that that can seep out a little bit. You just flat nine a little bit. Um, so I, I think Limerick just need to be careful here. They're going a different way about it than Galway went last year. You know, all God, we didn't win in All Ireland, obviously. But you know, you don't know whether it's right or wrong. You don't know about these things. Uh, you know, you win in All Ireland, and everybody pints back to these things. It was brilliant, and then somebody does the very same thing the following year and they lose in All Ireland. And they say, "Oh heck, we've done the wrong thing." So it's difficult to know. Back to your question, I just think that um, I think even with John Connell and gone, and he is a huge loss. I, I just think that player sort of have to get. Um, uh, you know consistency and confidence into their team by winning and I, I, in in they 're very, very difficult to beat there, as we 've proven over over a number of years. They used to play in Tulla a number of years before, back in the 80s and 90 's even more difficult to be there so uh, because the game is there i 'm ju- just going to give it to Claire but but look there 's going to be very little in these games
1: okay, great stuff, Cork versus Tipperary this is on t g Cahir at two o 'clock. Um, Cork are 4-5 favourites Tipperary 5-4 to four. Cork turned things around even though like I mean I think Pat Horgan was interviewed during the week and he was saying jeez we were we were going terribly two weeks ago and now we're going great like I mean it's uh, reading anything into the league is really, and we just keep driving that home. That reading too much into losses and things like that in the league can you can end up looking a little bit silly because, like you said, we don't know what they're doing in training. We don't know what their their you know motivations are for the league. But I thought it was interesting. A lot of talk, and we mentioned it on Monday about Tipperary closing out games and losing close games and I was reading another piece there during the week and they were talking about losing the lead against Clare in the Munster League last year and they lost the last 15 minutes against Limerick 1-5 to 1 point and this is like building up the kind of idea that Tipperary can't see out a lead and then I was thinking in the Munster League I remember they came back brilliantly against Cork and drew with them, and they came back brilliantly from almost uh, being hammered against Waterford in in the Gaelic grounds. You can it's it's very easy to cherry pick results and say they can't do out games or whatever when they they actually had two brilliant comebacks last year under Michael Ryan.
3: No, I agree I agree with that, um, and and I think look if if Tip had a won uh, th- that game, you know, and they had a chance to win it, um, Jake Morris. If Jake Morris's goal had went in, who would have said Tip wouldn't have made an All Ireland quarter final? I would have been pretty confident that they would, and then you'd have been looking at a completely different view of of Tipperary. I just think, though, at, at the minute that and this is just an evolving process in tip they've got to find a settled team and they've got to find a game style that suits that team and you can't just press the button and put people around the place and and just press the button and hey everything's going to be okay it's going to take a little while for that to happen I think and that may explain a little bit about uh, a little bit about you know some some strong performances um, and then you know it doesn't you meeting the same type of performance again next week and so on. I've no doubt though that they will get it right, and I've no doubt that they will be. or they are serious, serious contenders for the simple fact of the quality of the player that they have in their team. But even even be just used as a as a sort of case in point. You know them. You know where is Party Mar going to play? Thinks one of the panelists said a couple of weeks, but he definitely going to be pulled back. Seems to be now being back out wing back and that you know even who just to use that and Tip will move players around and eventually they'll find a settled team having played a number of matches and they'll, and they'll hone their game style and there's there is no doubt they will get that done and when they do then there will, they will be a different team and they're, they're, you know, they're definitely a top three team in my view because of the quality they have in their panel
1: yeah exactly
3: this, this is a cracker match this is a really important match and it's really important for Tip as well uh, will Because look, this is uh, the, the Munster round one of the Munster championships in Cork. It's, it's Cork versus Tip. I'm pretty sure. Um, so this is a dry run for that, and nobody will want to go into. Nobody will want to to, to, to cede, um uh, any advantage to that game, and uh, you know, including on Sunday. Um, so, so it'll be. It's, it's a very interesting game. It's interesting for Miller a couple of points as well. Cork had a couple of good results recently without Fitzgibbon players, and the likes of Fitzgibbon and Coleman and Mead and. And, and Flynn, and, and, a, and a number, there's another couple that I just can't remember at the minute to come back into that panel. But they're real quality players. And, you know, you just, just think for a minute that the quality of training would up a couple of matches by the, by that level of quality coming into it. And you're, you know, there's more confidence in the team. Um, so I think Dan Myler's in a great place. He's found a number of players, which is, which is the one thing he wanted to get out of the league. Um, and he is, you know, even just. Look at one position on Sunday. Aidan Welsh will test the Tipperary number three on Sunday. Um, and it'll be a good test of whether Tip has settled on three. Uh, because, you know, the last couple of years, I think everybody has said that, look, you just haven't nailed that position. And, and it's, it's such an important position now because most of the time, you're going to be isolated inside with two backs and two forwards if you're not going to play a sweeper, and 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 they'd be surprised if keep playing out and out sweeper. They may drops just drop a man back, but but they're going to have to fix three because it, that would have been alright a couple of years ago. Um, you could have played tight, you could have played your two corner backs, tuck in tight and, and all that. But that doesn't you can't play like that anymore because you you could be playing with. Uh, maybe 50 metres in front of you and 50 metres inside of you and if you're not going to be able to handle that well you know you're going to be in trouble Nathan Walsh is a very very athletic player gets around the field big man good air game so you can chuck it in high somewhere on the ground um, I, I think he will get better in terms of his scoring weight than that and he'll get better at, at feeding the ball to the runners coming through the middle but he's a, he's a serious threat so there's a lot of things on Sunday that um, could very well tell a lot of what's going to happen in May in that Championship match.
1: Yeah, in the Munster Championship match. And it's actually interesting Mm. that... Brian Carroll was talking about that McGrath Cup game, is it McGrath Cup or the whatever the warm-up competition yes. is, and how much uh, Tipperary learned from Clare in that one. So, like, I mean, you take that up a notch then from the league, and we're talking about preparations yeah. for Munster League, and it's almost saying, do you really want to give your hand away there, Cheddar? Like, I mean, do, like, would would Cork be as well off maybe not playing Aidan Walsh in that and keeping him reserved reserve potentially for that for that Munster game? Like, uh, I mean. W- w- well, but they could do it. I mean, John mylord can do it because, as I said, the quality of care that's coming in, um, you know, you
3: could have to sc- skip in into the half hour and shove somebody inside you could play a different system at that. You could do that. But look, Aiden has just started back on the team in that as well. And you know, he's definitely certainly got some momentum behind him and, and yeah. um, you know, he's in the shop window for car hurling at the minute. Um, you know, so you, like there's there's upsides and downsides to these things. Do you disturb Aiden it it development in, within the team and the seasons of play and all of that by just not playing him um and then springing him on them but, but look, I, I don't think there's any great value in that anymore because teams all the top teams would have probably four video cameras on your team and they'll 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 look at Aiden Wells look at all the things he does the type of ball that comes into him whether he likes to take it on his left or whether he likes to take it on yeah. his right whether he's there on the ground so even if you were to leave him off um, there's, such a, there's such a level of video analysis done on players now that uh, look, I don't think there's any great value in leaving him off to be honest yeah. with
1: you. It's like a trade it's nearly it's probably something Davy Fitz would do or something he likes to pull a surprise like that like I mean most managers wouldn't, don't don't really do stuff like that who are you going for there in a word quickly Cork or Tipperary before we move well, on. Well, I
3: just, uh, I'll just go back to that point. You may very well play Aidan Wells on Sunday and not play on May the 5th and spring something then. Yeah. Uh, which would really upset the Apple car because if you were putting in a big, quick player on him that's um, uh, a good, you know, a good shunter out to the side and that on Aiden Wells and just denies an on the ball and, 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 and that. Well, look, if he was playing on Alan Caddick
1: then you have a complete different matchup. up
3: yeah. In May, you know. Do you so, think, do
1: you be... Cheddar, do you think not enough of that goes on in... In the GA in general, like tricks like that. Do you know that? that For me, now that would be the perfect thing where Tipperary would be planning for Aiden Walsh. They might pick a player that can physically match up to him and then you put Alan Cadigan in on him. Do we see enough of that?
3: Uh, we, we, we probably do, but, but bear in mind Aiden Walsh may very well be the, the linchpin of the way Cork play And you take him out of that uh, maybe a week before a championship match. Uh yeah, it's look a big the roast. first round's yeah. okay you have three or four weeks leading into it. Let's say was the second round you're buggy a week to, to practice those things. You're better off to stick with the tried and trusted because you know what you're going to get out of it. Um, unless you really have some aids up your sleeve. I mean, bear in mind, Brian brought in Walter Walsh in the Ireland. He became man of the match. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Um, you know, so there, look, there are some things that would work, but you just need to be careful that you are going to get the edge that you expect out of that immediately because it can turn you know it can turn around against you. Then I just think Cork um, it's in it's probably going. I think it's in Parky Ryan. Parky Ryan. Parky Ryan. You know, so so I I just think that, you know, I think there's a lot of things going right for Cork at the minute. Um, certainly they've found some players um, and, you know, they, they, they'll. I think they'll get some momentum behind them now, haven't got a couple of points recently. I think if they hadn't then it sort of tilts the other way. It sets doubt. Questions are asked about your selections and your new players and all of that. Get a few wins under your belt and then they're saying, now we see it as progress and now we see it as serious potential here. Lose a few matches and they say, oh, they're not up to the and all of that. You know, so I think there's there's a little, that, you know, there's a lot, there's good things happen with Cork at the minute um, and as I said the Pittsburgh Cup players to come into it and I do think that Tip hasn't really found or settled team yet there's probably going to be a couple of other I would think a couple of other changes around the field before they settle in that. and definitely settle on a game style and I think if, did, if that was you know even for the Montreal Championship I, I'd have a different view on it but I think for Sunday I think I'd give it to Cork yes
1: OK great stuff Wexford versus Kilkenny is in Wexford Park Wexford are outsiders for this 11-8 to Kilkenny are 8-11 to 11, according to Paddy Power I think Wexford are in with a great shout here, Cheddar. Like, I mean, Wexford are the type of team that really should be trying to win this league because it has taken on less significance and because the top teams have an eye on the... Now, obviously, Wexford have an eye on the Leinster League as well. But if you get my point, Wexford need to win something. I think Davy's desperate to win something. And like, I mean, what better year to win the league? Maybe when other teams' eyes might be slightly off the ball.
3: Um, I would agree with you. Um, I, I'd say that for any team. Uh, look, Brian Cody wickley Kenny has proved this for twenty years in terms. Of, I think he's won nine leagues at this stage, and uh, now pretty close to the number of All Ireland championships he's won. He hasn't went out to win the leagues just because they were they were they were coming into him. He went out deliberately set his team up to win him because he knew that the momentum gained earlier in the year and in a very dynamic dressing room um, that that will serve you well come on later on in the year incidentally this is a very the, 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 I think the, the, the last round is very interesting on Sunday because every team will want to get into the quarter final uh, for the reasons that I've said earlier on and Leinster teams and Munster teams but bear in mind in Division 1 there's 4 teams and 4 pints and Limerick are 6 if, 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 if I'm right yeah. um, and and so only so Limerick are through only 3 of the 4 can get through tipper out at this stage only 3 of the 4 can get through um, so uh, I, I think teams will be going for it Um I think in Wexford Park, Wexford are, are like all teams are difficult to beat at home. But a Wexford Park is is a difficult place to play. It's one of these pitches where whatever, whatever, however it is, the wind obviously seems to be just blowing um, from from goal to goal rather than cross field and that. So sometimes a game can be ruined by a strong wind. First half, teams get too far away or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think Wexford have they have a strong air game in their defence and you can't missing the very players to contest that type of ball and they're probably not at the minute playing um, you know enough of the low ball to quality forwards and that Um, so I think you're right I think just based on the teams that are there Willie uh, that's going to be on the field and the the teams I mean obviously the Ballet Hill players have got to come back into the record there I know Wally is back now Um, but I think Wexford will want to push on and win it but I, I just think there's going to be an eye also on the Leicester Championship. That game in the Leicester Championship is round five, so it's a good little bit away, but it is in Wexford Park. And, um, you know, Kilkenny will not want to go down to Wexford Park and give, give give any oxygen to Wexford about that Leicester Championship match. And I, I just think that Kilkenny, uh, I think the change round the fall a little bit. You know, maybe there's, maybe, there's, maybe there's one or two other to, others outside of the players we've mentioned to come back into that team that will also make a difference. And I, I just give it to them to win it. I taught Wexford in Ennis. Now, as I said, Ennis is hard to, to play in, but to fell behind that good little bit, and uh, you know, it did player take their foot off the pedal and and, and, uh, and Wexford come back into it it's hard to know um, but I just give it to Kenny by you know it's, again these are very very narrow margins yeah. so maybe, maybe by a pint or two but I think Brian will want to get into the Ensor quarter final as Davey will I both will be gunning for it um, but I, I just give it to Kenny by a pint.
1: It really is a fantastic final day of the league in 1A because you have you couldn't have paired them off better. wexford Kenny's a huge derby Cork-Tip is the big glamour game in Munster historically and you have Lim Clare who are huge rivals only across a river like I mean they paired them off perfect obviously they, they wouldn't have paired them off perfectly it was a random draw but that's just the way um, it's turned out quickly we'll run through 1B here Cheddar the big one here is with Carlo and Offaly, and this is a big one for Leash as well I didn't know this until I read it in the examiner I was talking to Damien about this um, Offaly can go above Carlo and avoid relegation by beating him because it doesn't go on score difference Offaly are on minus 56 Carlo on minus 20 it goes on head to head so unbelievably if Offaly are able to turn Carlo over in Dr. Cullen Park Carlo go into the relegation um, playoff which would be a huge turnaround after their start
3: yeah, that, that's I. I actually didn't realise that, but now that you mention it, that's correct, uh, Wally. Yeah, um, yeah. And look, looked had two really, really good performances at the start against Dublin and against Galway. Had a pint up Galway, and no had a lot of momentum behind them. And and uh, you know, it, it just looked like that they were on an upward curve the whole time, from Ring to McDonough and now into the league and performing well and playing well. settled team, good style of play. Um, you know, good energy and in in the dressing room and that. Um, I, I, I suppose. And look, even against Dublin, I think they scored 18 or 19 pints against Dublin. I think against Galway, did they scored 20. You know, it's good shooting. Yeah. And, and it's nice to see, you know, if you scored, I don't know, 4-5 or five or 5-5 five, five or something like that, you might say, well, look, we'll, we'll bore through and we'll, sco- we'll score. But 20 points is good shooting. Suggests that they had a lot of scoring opportunities, is that? Um, you probably dropped it good. Be, I think against Waterford it was 10. Um, and they're probably... Last weekend scored. I think they only missed maybe two chances of scores against against Leash and Probably just didn't create enough to be answered. I think these had 12 or 14 or 15 rides. sort of suggest that that you know there were more, that had more more shots on on target than that, and just didn't didn't execute. Um, so it, look, it's a it's a hugely important mod for them. But there's some confusion, Willie. Really. I'm pretty sure that the game is in Dr. Cullen, but there's some confusion that the game is in Tullamore
1: no well it, I see it down here at Dr Cullen no Brian Carroll definitely said they were away a to leash and offley I'm pretty sure he said that's what I that's
3: what I was certain of but I, I, again I was speaking to a few people during the week that said it was in Tullamore and I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that look look, I, I think the game in Dr Cullen the significance of it um, yeah. for Carlo. I mean if Carlo win um you know, do they go into a quarter-final? And, you know, the importance of that for them facing into a Leinster Championship is is just kind of be underestimated. So I, I just think that Carlo, I just, I, I think, you know, in, in the last year or two, they, they have certainly stepped ahead of Offaly in terms of quickness and technical skills and just settled team and all of that. Um, putting it in Dr. Cullen Park, I think you'd have to give it to Carlo and the significance of the result for them. Now, the significance of the result for Offley is massive as yeah. well. Um you know, like I've heard some people say, you know, we'll off will go for the game. I am amazed with those type of comments really because um look after are going to be in a relegation final if they lose if they lose it. Um uh, but the don't know who they're going to be playing. It could very well be Carlo again. If they win it, if they beat Carlo, the relegation could be between themselves and, and Carlo, so what better way than to beat him on Sunday and then come in, into a relegation final and beat him again if that's the way it turns out I think, so that, I, think, yeah, I, think
1: I think that relegation match will be in uh Tullamore.
3: all right I okay well well, well then well then I, I think that adds even more significance to the match for Offaly um, I think they need a performance anyway um you know, so I think the the, the to start to lose talk about that you know that awfully you know just won't put everything into this game I, I just can't, can't I wouldn't, just wouldn't believe that for a minute and then look they're, they're, a, they're, they're a seriously seriously proud county I've spoken a lot about them in the last year or so really. um, and you know they're they're really disappointed about where they are. And they have that spirit within their county and within their team and within their hurling to turn up a performance here against Offley, against Carlo. Um, and look, you know, they, they know the importance of this. Beat Carlow on Sunday, they're back into a, another match against them. And what better way to do that? Beat them once, let's beat them again the following Sunday in the relegation final. Um, so, uh, but I do give it to Carlo. I just think that they have, again, there's a couple of. Uh, I, I suppose qualifications of that. You know, Mark Kavanagh went off um, towards the end of the game. He wasn't supposed to start last weekend. He did, he played quarter and the match. Looked okay to me if he plays and he's fully fit and he can last out the game. Um, he, he's a serious, serious forward. Um, so I think if all of those things fall Carlo's way, I do expect him to win the game, particularly because the game's in Dr. Cullen
1: Park. Yeah, and obviously, Offly going above them doesn't make any difference because they won't be above Leash anyway. So it will be, yes. be Offley and Carlo again. Yeah, that was that had yes. slipped, slipped my mind. I'm, I'm tipping Offley here, anyways. I think they're going to do us a favour. We'll have to be very quickly with these two Leash and Dublin and Waterford Galway. Waterford Galway is is even money. Uh, they can't be separated. it's in Walsh Park at 2 o'clock Galway playing an experimental team uh, Waterford at home and Leash and Dublin Dublin are 1-14 to um, to win this one and Leash are 15-2 to so we'll have to be quick on this one Cheddar and I'll let you go Yeah no, look I, 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 there's
3: one of them that will be pretty easy to answer the, the other one um, Waterford and Galway um uh, look I think both teams are in the quarterfinal already will. I think both of them will be probably in a little bit of experimental experiment a little bit further uh, rather than just trying to settle the team now um, but probably maybe Waterford need to win a little bit more and you know it's a home game for them in that as well so so I, I just give it to Waterford bear in mind that the quarterfinals is around the following Sunday um, and you know you, you wouldn't want to be going out the previous week and uh, I don't say throw a game but put just put too much into it I don't think any team would do that to be honest which I think that's sort of mad talk but you might experiment a little bit too much and, may, and maybe you know you want to find out different, different players and maybe just play too many them at the one time or something like that and then lose the game and I, and I think that is just a little bit more important than Sunday I think, it, I think that'll be a, uh, you know a tight battle but I do expect that Waterford will win it
1: Alright okay and Dublin to win that one Dublin I was reading a stat about Dublin they beat Waterford obviously and it was their first win over a McCarthy Cup contender in two years so maybe that's a little bit of a uh, the kind of boost that yeah, they yeah,
3: but i say um, like you know I suppose Dublin there were just a little bit in performance in a number of matches even the game in Galway uh, I think Michael was, was commenting a lot on that that you know they certainly didn't turn up performance wise that day uh, they certainly did the last day in, in Parnell Park and they were very very difficult to, to, to play there uh, but you're hardly expecting me to go against Leash, are you?
1: <laughs> no you never have before that's one thing you're consistent on Cheddar definitely disagreeing disagreeing with me and uh, tipping leash is probably the two things you're most consistent you're <laughs> consistent on come here Cheddar thanks very much we'll talk to you we'll be back thanks Wally. we'll be back on Monday with a review show as usual we'll talk to you then good luck
0: and when I started running I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go I said I stay going so it opened up
1: we're only a small little fish out there so we are and we're trying hard to make it through but it's hard to get the brakes near the smaller fish. Because I love
2: this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> the GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.